When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Shots with my man, Eddie Johnson. I'm Saul Bookman. We're brought to you by the best edible in the game, OG's. Get yours today. Also, tune into my guy every day from 2 to 5 this week, but next week it'll be uh, back to 1 to 4 uh, on uh, for this NBA Today show on Sirius XM NBA. Radio. Radio. There we go. You got uh, we went over that a couple times before we, we started. I mean, so, you don't have to. I can do it myself. Well, I mean, you, well, then, you know, you should have stepped up. But, you know, I'm just trying to take the lead. Anyway, um, uh, my man EJ says it's my fault that Kevin Durant is, is, is injured. Uh, I do not agree with that because I had nothing to do with it, obviously. What was uh, – did you go to the game last night? I know you weren't on the call, but did you go? Yeah, no, I and, went to the game. And was, what, what was the vibe in the arena once everybody figured out that he was not playing? There was no vibe, really. I, I yeah. think a lot of people didn't know. You know, I'm sure it started to travel, mm-hmm. people on Twitter and all of that. But uh, Bob Atlock and I were sitting down there, uh, obviously in the Suns broadcast department. Bob Atlock, my boss, guy that makes me look good. Uh, we were down there talking, and uh, – then all of a sudden he said, oh my. And I'm like, okay. I'm thinking it's something national, right? I'm thinking yeah, something yeah, happened. Yeah. And then he said, uh, KD's not playing. And I was like, uh-oh. And then they said that. So, yeah, once people started to find out, obviously starting lineup and not seeing them out there, they knew something was wrong. Uh, but Devin pretty much made them happy, right? It's sort, of, it's sort of like you buy a ticket to go to a game and you get disappointed because your favorite player is not playing in this analytic world of load management. But then something happens in the game that makes you walk away and feel a little okay about it. Right? <laughs> a, li- a little okay. And a little you know, what it, Devin did last night made people feel a little bit okay. The way I felt about it was more, it, you know, I think Vince Murata said it best. It's like, you you got a present uh, for Christmas or your birthday. It's all mm-hmm. nice and uh, nicely wrapped. It has a nice bow on it. You start to pull it off, start to open it up, and then there's a note in there saying uh, your your gift is on its way because yeah. it didn't come in time. Right. Right. It's like so all these people anxiously awaiting uh, for for KD to play at home, and it's just oh man, it's just very very disappointing. I feel bad for the fans that paid a lot of money to try and go out there. You know, especially the ones that. Um, you know, hey, there, there, there was a lot of ticket prices are kind of expensive right now. So to buy even an upper level ticket, I think you're looking in the two hundred dollar range. So if you take your family that, you know, you're, you're, you're paying about a grand to go watch somebody like KD perform. And uh, it's just it's just really, uh, re- really sad to see him not be able to play. But as you said, uh, Devin Booker uh, was phenomenal last night. Now. Let's talk about ankle injuries, all mm-hmm. right? Because that's uh, that's what everybody's going to want to know. That's what everybody's going to talk about. Now, my experience from an ankle injury, mm-hmm. watching KD 
twist his ankle, but then still finish up warm-ups, mm -hmm. still jumped off that foot one-legged, mm -hmm. did a little floaters, did different things, moved. He seemed like he moved pretty good considering mm -hmm. he might have just sprained his ankle. And now I know a little of adrenaline might have kicked in uh, or what have you, but still, like, I feel like that's a positive sign because mm -hmm. if it was a bad ankle sprain, highly doubt he would have done that. Right. So what what's your take on that? No, I agree. Uh, they probably had to carry him off or he limped off. Uh, that didn't happen. He stayed out there. I think, you know, for me, and I'm just going to speak for me, mm -hmm. uh, it would probably have been a little bit of an embarrassment factor for me. Like, I, didn't, I wouldn't have wanted to be carried off. I wouldn't have wanted to limp off. And I was going to stay out there and see if I can fight my way through it. Yeah. But that's just the kind of player that he is. And he's an old school type guy. And so I expected that from him. But that is a good thing that he stayed out there and he was still able to jump off of it. And that told me that, yeah, he heard it, but, you know, it, it's not as bad as it could have been. But also, you know, this morning is going to tell a story. Yeah. Like this yeah. morning when, when everything is settled and, and he slept on it and obviously elevated it, obviously at that machinery, they got so much high-tech stuff to put on your, on your injuries the players take home with them. Uh, I think today is going to tell a story. You know, how much weight he can put on it, how much swelling he has, and all of that. And so the good thing for him is he still probably has a lot of medication in him from his knee injury, you know? <laughs> and he's developed a lot of antibodies to go attack that injury because mm -hmm. he's been injured before. That he still got enough warriors in there to go to go fight. <laughs> and, and, and I truly believe that. And so, you know, for me it's unfortunate, but uh, you got to move on. And you got to be proactive. You got to know things like this is going to happen. It's unfortunate, though, that it happened to KD. But we saw a good sample size of three games, how good he can be with this team. Mm -hmm. And now it's up for this team to continue to play, win games, try to move up into the standings, and be there in a good stead when he comes back. And he will be back. So this is not something that's going to be a season-ending sort of thing. He will be back. Three three pretty tough games coming up before they hit their Orlando Magic back at home next Thursday, which you can come to if you uh, if you knew about our uh, our little takeover. But uh, they start off with the Kings on Saturday, then they got the Warriors and the Bucks and a brutal back to back Monday Tuesday. I don't thanks NBA for that one. Um, what 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 do you think the Suns are going to do in his absence to try and prepare? Um, for when he does inevitably come back, is this is this just a situation of KD can fit into anything, or is are are we going to start to see? We've already seen some tested lineups from 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 Money. Mm -hmm. um, are we just going to continue to see more of that? Well, I think you'll see guys get an opportunity to play. Maybe T.J. Warren now will be called upon to to play, and so you know, next man up mentality. The Suns been dealing with that all year. <laughs> okay, um, I. That that rivalry is taking another level, obviously with Devin Booker and Luca. But KD's thrown into the fold now, along with the Kyrie drama. It looks like uh, it looks like it's 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 one of those top tier rivalries that everybody's going to start to pay attention to nationally from now on. Uh, but there's also another little part to this rivalry that maybe we didn't realize, Emma. Right? Uh, in the form of Nick Wright versus Eddie Johnson. Eddie Johnson. Can I tell you what Eddie Johnson said to me? Uh, Eddie Johnson said. So Eddie Johnson is a former, uh, uh, former, what should we call it? Uh, Suns player, really good NBA player, who's now on the color commentary for their games. 
I tweeted, Devin Booker talking trash to Luke is absolutely hilarious. Eddie Johnson, who just won't leave me alone, tweeted, that happened a year ago. Just like you didn't have hair a year ago. Funny how that happens. (laughs) I mean... Listen, Nick Wright has has, has definitely been a huge Lucas Stan uh, the entire time he's been in the league. Uh, so, Eddie, uh, what would you like to say to listen, fellow Nick listen, Wright? Listen, if Nick Wright and he's a smart guy, I'm basically just I just gave him an analogy. That's all. I didn't say his hair looked bad. Did yeah, I? No, no, no. Just said he was bald a year ago, and yeah. things change. And things change. Yeah. And that's basically what I was telling them. Why are you worried about what happened last damn year, man? Like, okay, last year a lot of things went wrong that I didn't like, but I corrected it this year. Why are you, why are you holding on to what happened last season? It's only one team won a championship last year. Mm-hmm. The Golden State Warriors. That's it. Okay? They sent Luka home, okay, after he beat the Suns. So is that their championship? <clears throat> because if that's the case, I won four. I went to four Western Conference Finals. So I should just jump around and say, you know what? I won a title. <laughs> you know, I beat the L.A. Lakers, Magic Johnson, right? I beat him 4-1 in the series. I should be still holding on to that. Come on, man. That's all I was telling the guy. It's like, what? why did you even go there? Okay, like the Suns beat the Mavericks. There's trash talk all game long. He wouldn't know that because he's never with his boots on the ground at a game. He's always in a studio hiding, talking about the game. All right, why don't you get in your car, drive to a game, be around players, and then you'll know what I'm talking about. Trash talk goes on all the time. Devin Book is one of the biggest trash talkers in the league. He's not quiet all the time. But all of a sudden, he wants to say, oh, you're going to talk because you're ahead. That's not Devin. Devin talks junk all the time. Is that an invite? Did you just invite Nick Wright to, to come watch He won't show. Here? Look, he, uh, Water Pistol Pete, Skip Bayless, <laughs> my co-host on the radio show, they, they never got boots on the ground. Like, they never at the games, but they want to, like, debate me. Like, and I have my ear to the grindstone. I'm hearing things. I'm there. I'm right there, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's something to say when you can, like, Chris Broussard's at the game. Michael okay. Wilbon's at the game. Okay. Stephen A. Smith at the game. They're confronting what they're talking about in the studio. They're not hiding in the studio and getting on guys and critiquing them, but they can't be seen so the guy can counter them and maybe go back at him. Okay. So that's my point. So get get your get your boots on. Get in your car. And I know you got a nice one. You've been stealing for a while in TV, Nick. Okay, good for you. Okay, but your hair did grow quite quickly. All right, and that's a good thing. Nothing wrong with it. I'm 63. I still got my hair, Nick. I don't have to get whatever's going on with you. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I wanted to give you that opportunity to, to kind of re, 
you know, rebuttal what he Man, look, uh, Water he Boys Cows Potatoes. That's what I, I always look. And Nick Wright knows the game. So don't get me wrong. Nick Wright, he's not a water boy and he's not a couch potato. Uh, water Pistol Pete, Skip Bayless is not a water boy and a couch potato. They know the game. They study the game. Okay, my co-host, he knows the game. Not a water boy and a co-host. I mean, and, and, a, and, a, and a couch potato. Yeah. All right? They know the game. But when they had those little takes, man, don't go at somebody, man. It got nothing to do with basketball. That's why I went at him. Okay. Because it had nothing to do with basketball. It had something to do with him wanting to rub it in what Luca did last year to the Phoenix Suns. Luca doesn't even remember what happened last year. <laughs> uh, maybe we needed a little bit of OGs just to calm everybody down a little bit. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're missing out on the, the best edible in the game. Uh, the best edible in the Valley for sure. And you can get yours at any dispensary. They got that new Happy Balance gummy, which is a strawberries and cream uh, flavor. And it's a, a one-to-one CBD THC ratio, which uh, kind of calms your aches and pains. And it also calms you down. So it gives, puts you in a nice state of mind, makes you feel pretty good. Uh, so you can relax at home uh, after all day talking shit. So uh, check them out at any dispensary. Just remember, you must be 21 or over to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. Uh Okay, so so this is the part that I really want to talk about. Um, all season long, there has been so I can't remember another time in, in in sports where the referees have had so much drama amongst them, uh, from the players to the refs themselves. A lot of things going back and forth, and it feels like last night it kind of came to a head because Fred Van Fleet of the Toronto Raptors, let it loose. Definitely in the third quarter there. I mean, I don't mind. I'll take a fine. I don't really care. I thought, you know, um, Ben Taylor was fucking terrible tonight. Um, I thought that on most nights, you know, a couple of the, you know, out of the three, there's one or two that just fucked the game up, you know, and it's, it's, it's been like that a couple couple games in a row. Um, Denver was tough, obviously. You come out tonight, you're competing pretty hard. The third quarter, I get a bullshit tech. Changes the whole dynamic of the game, changes the whole flow of the game. And, um, you know, most of the refs are trying hard. I like a lot of the refs are trying hard. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got the other ones who just want to be dicks and um, just kind of fucks the game up. Nobody's coming to see that shit. They come to see the players. And um, I think we're losing a little bit of the fabric of what the NBA is and was. And um, it's been disappointing this season. Um, you can look up most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. So. At a certain point as a player, you feel it's personal and um, it's never a good place to be. That's not why we lost tonight. We got outplayed, um, but it definitely makes it tougher to overcome. Yo, <laughs> hey, nobody could ever doubt that Fred Van Fleet isn't about to get his money's worth because you know that money's coming. You know that fine is coming and he knew it too and he let it loose. Um, watching some of these games this year, Watching some of the texts specifically that have been issued out uh, to some of the NBA players across the league, uh, superstars, uh, you know, little ticky tack, what I like to call rabbit ears mm -hmm. by the refs, right? Uh, you're, 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 you're listening too much. Like, ignore it and keep just refing the game. Man, I feel like Fred is, is speaking facts right now. Uh, what say you? Okay. 
Can you imagine Fred like <laughs> talking to his kid? <laughs> I mean, he was smooth. I, I never heard a guy curse. It was smooth. I mean, like he was just straight up smooth with it. Yeah. You know, like it, it, it didn't change. There was no higher level to it. He's just straight in. I mean, can you imagine him like his kids get in trouble and they sit down and he's sitting in his office and he's talking to them? Uh, he's going to get it. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's going to get it a multitude of ways. Yeah, yeah. That was a mistake. Uh, it was a total mistake by Fred Van Fleet. Really? You think yeah, so? Total. He's going to pay. A I price. mean, but 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 you know that there's a there's a threshold that players can only take so much before they just cry. Oh. The, the, the scary thing about this this thing, right? The reason why I feel like Fred was on another level and why he was justified to do this. He it didn't seem like he spoke out of anger, like visually, no anger. Like he wasn't That's emotional scary about part. it. I mean, you watch The Godfather. I mean, you? hey, you watch Al Pacino hey, go up to his brother like, and say, uh, hey. "Kiss him." He kissed him and killed him. <laughs> <laughs> Took him out on a boat. Yeah. Okay. I mean, all right. Uh, no, look. He was smooth with it. He's gonna get it. Yeah, I know he he's is. got issues coming, and and it's twofold. One from the league, and the, the fine will be the fine. I mean, Fred Fred has made a ton of money, and he knows he's going to get fined. That's not where it's going to happen. It's going to happen with the officials. Those officials have families. They're human. They have feelings. The wrong thing to do is call them out on Front Street. You can, look, I've cursed officials out on the court mm -hmm. between both of us. I would go up to Joey Crawford and say, you know what, you freaking terrible, <laughs> ugly mother. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. But it was he and I. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, for sure. He'll look at me and he'll say, I don't care what you say. Yeah. You didn't give me a tech. It's he and I. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the crowd. It wasn't other players. It was he and I. Man, sure. Mano, mano. Sure. They're good with that. It's when you, after a call, you're running over there and you're in their face and you're doing all that. That's when they have an issue. And a lot of players in today's game, they don't know how to be a politician when they go complain. You don't immediately go over there to the official. You wait. Wait till the first free throw goes. Then you walk over. Lean over. Don't bring it in. Don't be all like this. Just say, hey, man, you blew that call, man. You know, you ain't good tonight. They might not give you a tag. And so. But what, that's where I disagree. What Fred did. Mm-hmm. But, but Eddie, I'm telling you, I, this sounds like this is not the first instance that this uh -huh. has happened, obviously. Yep. He's talking about that particular ref. And it sounds like he has had those conversations with this guy before. And still, it has led to nothing but problems. Like. I think there's a there's a there's a correct discourse that I think the 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 veteran officials understand and appreciate, and I agree with you. When you start to get demonstrative, in front you're putting the referee on a on on the spot, and when you do that, you got to be able to deal with the ramifications of that. Mm -hmm. However, I think there's been other other things that have led up to this point because this isn't the first time that this has ever happened to Fred Van Fleet. Obviously, he mentioned multiple instances this season alone. 
So I think, I don't know, man. I'm 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 on his side about this. Like I know the league's gonna come down hard on him, but I, I've seen some silly, silly, silly ass texts this year well, but, in but, the NBA. But you've also seen players crying about everything. Yes, you've seen players yeah. in officials' face from the moment the game starts, challenging them consistently. What people don't understand is officials aren't totally spontaneous. They will warn you before they call a foul. Sometimes. We, no, you don't hear it. Mm. You don't hear it. They'll say, hey, man, stop grabbing. You don't hear that. Only the players hear it. Stop grabbing them. Let them go. Stop. Get out of the lane. You know, they will give you warnings, okay? We don't hear that on television or at the games. They think the officials are just definitive. Like they just call the call. The call. Mm. No. They let guys know. Leave the ball alone. Don't delay a game. Knowing it was kind of mm, teetering on the edge whether if he did it or not. They will let you know, hey, calm down. Or you're mm. going to get a tech. Okay, that's it. That's it. I'm done. That means you're going to get a tech. They let you know. Officials aren't perfect, but they're the best officials in professional sports because they have to make a spontaneous call. Football's delayed. Hockey's delayed. Baseball's delayed. Basketball is spontaneous. If you don't make the call, the ball's going the other direction. And it's very difficult. And I think our officials in our association are the best. Yes, some of them will get ticked off. Some of them might not like players. Without a doubt, they're human. If I was an official, I wouldn't like Draymond. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I mean, it's some officials don't like Chris Paul. Sure. So, I mean, it's, it's, that's a natural thing. But for him to curse him out like that on national airwaves, <laughs> that doesn't carry well for Fred. Like, they're not going to just not give Fred calls, but he's not going to get the benefit of the doubt. You got to be careful, man. You got to be careful, man, with, with, with officials, man. I, you do. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. But at the same time, I, I do feel like the officials, listen, the officials never have to account for what they do outside of the NBA report that comes out a day later after it's already cost a team a W, right? Like that, that is a known fact. Right. Sometimes, officials do get fined. They get fined for making bad calls. It's just it, not announced. Go ahead. Got you. But it should be. No. <laughs> but why? I just don't. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I'll go with you on the other thing. I just don't think the report should go out. Yeah, but I don't uh, think it should be announced that officials get fined. I don't. But because why? they have to officiate the game, man. And and if they get fined, they'll, they'll show up to the next game, and fans in the crowd are going to be reminding them that they got fined. Okay. They have to call okay. the game, man. They okay. can't be caught up. People can't be caught up in them being disciplined and all that. The league has come out, they came out, I think, a couple of weeks ago and said officials get fined. So you know as a fan, officials get fined. So it's pretty obvious if an official makes a wrong call or doesn't make a call and they put it out on a report that that particular officiating crew probably got fined. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to call out the official individually, and I don't think they should. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Also, just a reminder, uh, just like uh, Dikembe Mutombo, if you come with that weak shit, we will block your ass. Uh, and that's exactly what happened to uh, a fellow spammer by the name of Bronx in our chat. Uh, we blocked. We blocked. Hey, you can come back next week, but you got to come correct. 
Like, you just can't be spamming the chat with Miami Heat bullshit the whole time. Come on now. Heat culture. Yeah, yeah. Stop. Stop. Like, the Heat culture didn't even exist until LeBron got there. Stop. Did they lose Uh, last night? I don't even know. I don't even know. Who pays attention to the Miami Heat? Um, They didn't lose last night. (laughs) That's Heat culture, though, right? Like, they lost last night, and he's in here creating problems. (laughs) They lost by four to the... You know, I mean, they're bordering on the play-in. And he's in here creating problems. Yeah, it, it, that's why I say it's certain fan bases I I can't stand. I don't like the Heat fan base. I don't like I like the Pelican fan base, even though they got mad at me because I said they use an echo machine. But I do like their fan base because David Griffin, Willie Green, loved them to death down there, and I love a lot of their players. Uh, so it's Heat. The Atlanta Hawk fan base they're kind of up and down with me. You know, okay. they, they, they're really soft. But the, the the two fan bases I can't stand is Golden State, and those are the ones that don't go to the game. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not the ones that go to the game. Because I interact with Golden State fans at the game, very nice people. Yeah, 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 yeah. The ones that just on Twitter and they just don't want to go pay for a ticket. And then the Dallas Mavericks. Dallas Mavericks, number one. They're fans, yeah. they're a joke. <laughs> they're, just, they're a joke, man. <laughs> You know, they're a joke. That's why your Cowboys keep losing. Oh, man. We know, see, that's a different sport, though. You can't go there. Because not you know how it is. Not everybody's the same t- a fan I don't, of the same Oh, yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. They all the same. <laughs> I actually happen to like the Dallas Maverick fans because uh, they jumped in our chat last year uh, in that seven-game series. And a majority of them stuck around because they, they enjoyed our show, Eddie. And they don't have anything as cool as this in Dallas. So, hey. We appreciate well, that's the support. You, the ones that try to torment me on Twitter, I don't like. <laughs> I feel you. Um, in all seriousness, uh, obviously with the referees specifically, um, I, I do think the level of of performance from the officials needs to improve. I don't think it has been as good as it has been in the past. Um, and I also think one of the things. Oh, you know, so whose fault is that? Like the rules have changed. You can't touch anybody. Uh, they fall down. They say you in their space. They have to make the call. A lot of officials don't like that. Like, you go up and shoot a jump. Let me see. Let me mm-hmm. see a jump. Let me see a jump. Before, when I used to play, mm-hmm. that was legal. Oh. When I used to go up and shoot a jumper, mm-hmm. what else was legal? Guy can punch me in the stomach. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, uh, I can go up. He can have his hand attached to my hip and kind of mm-hmm. move me off rhythm. Sure. All those things were legal. Okay. They never called that foul. Okay. Now these guys get it if somebody breathe on them. Yeah. And they're mad at officials for not <clears throat> making a soft call. Man, play through it. These guys on offense, man, they get so much favor now on offense. It's ridiculous. Okay? Ridiculous. I'm telling you, if, if, if I play, I can only speak for myself. I'm not going to speak for anybody else. If I played in today's game in my prime, I would average 28-30. Easily. I was averaging 22. You don't think I can't get eight more points? Because I used to get fouled all the time. Like, so my point is, on most of my shots, right? And then one in my prime, I'm taking 18 to 20 shots a game. Okay. So four of those are going to be fouls. Well, I'm a career 86, you know, the 90% free throw shooter. So I'm going to get those numbers. These guys get those numbers, they get those fouls, and they still complain. Yeah, they stop complaining, <clears throat> so, man. So my thing is, is um, <clears throat> welcome back, Bronx. <laughs> so my thing is, is so when I was refereeing in Colorado, right? 
one of the things that they tried to teach me was a don't talk to the players. <clears throat> I don't know why that was a thing. As a player, I love to hear from the ref like, "Hey, Salk, don't do that," or "Book, don't do that," or whatever. Uh -huh. Like, hey, next time you do it, I gotta call it. You know what I mean? Because because maybe it's not an egregious error or an egregious foul, so mm -hmm. it's not worthy of calling it. But mm -hmm. if I do it too many times, then he's got to call it to make sure that I'm not doing it. Right. Cool. I appreciate that heads up. It, it changes the way I play a little bit. The other thing was, is they would purposely tell you, you need to watch the defender no matter what, and you're looking for the call in the defense. Like that's the, literally what they would, they would teach us mm -hmm. in referee school. Like you could just watch the defender. Mm -hmm. And my thing is, is they're like, for, for instance, the other night, Luca does this, turn around, flip shot, falls on the ground, they call a foul. Mm -hmm. uh, in between two defenders that were right. st standing straight up, nobody fouled him. If they right. went to review it, they would have been like, there's no call there. Right. But they called the foul because he flopped. Yeah. And, but if you don't see contact, and this is what they train you to do, if you don't see the contact, you swallow the whistle. Yeah. But they're afraid to do it for whatever reason sometimes, and that's what pisses the players off is that, like, now you just sometimes you're just making up shit, and that's those very players that's complaining are probably the same players. Are the on ones the other that's end. flopping yeah. on the yeah. other yeah. damn True. end, man. True. That's the problem. Like the same ones they're flopping on the other end, and so now don't be woe as me. Yeah, every time every time Luca gets fouled, he embellishes, and then every time he fouls, he's complaining. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. You get to the line more than anybody. Yeah. I want to hear it, man. If you you're doing the same thing to them as they're doing to you, and now you're mad because they called a foul. Yeah. Back when I played, they put a C on your chest, captain. Mm -hmm. Two players. Those were the only two that can go up to an yes. official. Yep. Those were the only two guys that can go up to an official and have a elongated conversation. And I thought it was great. Every time I go to NBA meetings, I bring that up. So I'm blue in the face. Why don't you all go back to designating what players can talk to you? And they say, oh, we don't want to do that, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it could be a player association type thing. They might fight on it. Who, who knows? But I just truly believe that you designate two captains. Now, I'm pretty sure teams would probably designate, like Golden State, for example. They'd still designate Draymond as a captain. That's fine, but at least they don't have to put up with junk from Jordan Poole and Kevon Looney and all these other guys. It's just one guy that, or two guys they're talking to. They need to go back to that, man, yeah. because I, this is just this game is getting too, too communicative during the course of the game about little stuff, you know. And I'm saying doing telecast, dude. Y'all already challenged one. You can't challenge another one. Know the damn rules. They doing this. Like, dude, he just challenged it to call the other two seconds ago. You can't do another one. <laughs> I mean, it's just looking for an excuse. That's what I call it. Looking for an excuse because of something you did didn't turn out right. And I'm not saying I wasn't guilty of that at times. Uh, I think every athlete is. Sure. But that's it prevails at a higher rate, man, in today's game. You remember Sean? Sean married my boy. I'm going to call him out here. But Sean's my boy. Sean would take a jumper and say, you know, it was off. And Sean had a tremendous career with the Suns. And he, he, I think eventually he should have an opportunity to get up in the rafters here. Yes, million percent. Uh, and, and, and definitely be considered for Hall of Fame every year. Okay, Sean said that.
I want to make sure. <laughs> However, but, he's setting you up Sean, for failure right now is what he's Sean, doing. <laughs> but, no, no, but he knows that. He knows, how, he knows how I feel about him. And But Sean, it would crack me up because everybody has an excuse mechanism when something goes wrong. And he's not the only one. Mm-hmm. I probably had one. I just don't remember what it was, but I had one. But Sean's was like so out there. Sean would shoot, and he missed he, the ball, go short, or he shoot an air ball. And he'd look at his hands, and he'd... He blowed his hand like his hands was cold. Look, your hands not cold. <laughs> but everybody has an excuse mechanism, man. For sure, for sure. You uh, have one. <clears throat> Do I? Yeah. I don't know. I usually, if I lose, I, I just take the L. That's not true. I, I, I usually complain about it pretty good. Um, so so this is a, not the easiest of pivot points, but uh, Greg Oden came out and and talked about uh, a great article in The Ringer. If you haven't checked it out, you should. uh, Talked about his journey uh, now as an assistant coach uh, at Butler. Uh, But he talked about being labeled a bust, Mm -hmm. um, the injuries and the toll that it took on him, not only physically but mentally, uh, more importantly, um, suffering through depression, um, some, uh, you know, uh, pill addiction, things of that sort. <clears throat> you know, and, and Eddie, you wanted to bring this up, but real quick, we got a quote gra- uh, quote uh, that's uh, from Greg Oden that said, I just felt like a failure. I felt like I felt let a lot of people down, letting Portland down, letting the, the, the whole entire staff and organization down. I felt like I let my family down and everyone who coached me and believed in me. Um, and that's from Greg Oden. And one of the things that uh, he talked about was there's just the depression part of this, right? Um, wanting to confine himself into dark spaces uh, to really get away from everybody, um, to isolate himself. Uh, and, and as somebody who, is, who has suffered from depression, um, there's a certain um, comfort uh, that isolation gives you uh, that makes you feel like at least that's the one thing that you can control. Um, and so I empathize with, with, with Greg and, and, and the things that he's been through. And I think it's unfair to label him a bust mm-hmm. because the injury factor was very, very real for him, right? He wasn't somebody that was healthy and just, you know, misscouted. Right. He, was, he was a tremendous athlete, a yeah. tremendous player. Uh, did it in, in the Indiana high school scene, back-to-back uh, high school Gatorade Players of the Year awards nationally. Um, you know, he have he, he got 25 and 15 in the national championship against Florida, um, in a losing effort, but he was a phenomenal player, but then you see this, um, and it really makes you empathize with him. Yeah, it does. I mean, everybody's suffered depression. Some people walking around thinking they have not, you have, there's nothing wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. There's no perfect person. We all have suffered depression. And, you know, fortunately for us, if we're here talking about it, then we were able to navigate it and, and not do anything that would harm ourselves. Because a lot of people out there, they, they will harm themselves. So I felt good about the fact that after all these years have gone by and what Greg Oden has gone through, that he's still able himself mm-hmm. to tell us about it instead of somebody speaking for him because he just couldn't do anything to overcome it and he did something to harm himself. So I, I definitely applaud Greg Oden for fighting through it, as everyone should. I don't think anyone should take the shortcut out. It's unfortunate, and KD has a connection here. Uh, I remember when Greg Oden got got was it was like either you know going back number one, number two, and obviously 
you know, he and Kevin Durant were basically looked at as the, the two guys that, you know, they were going to go back and forth with. And I remember uh, Nate McMillan was the coach at Portland. And he told me that Kevin Durant had the best workout he'd ever seen in his life. And he said, he said he was just blown away by his workout. Greg Oden had a workout and they had to stop it because he was so nervous that it almost looked like he couldn't play. Mm. That doesn't mean anything. Sure. You know, workouts doesn't mean anything, but that's the story that I got. And Portland still decided to take Greg Oden for the pressures, a lot of, like, because of his size. Mm -hmm. He was a man child. Uh, the sky was the limit. You know, Katie had some negatives, right? They, you know, they had found, you know, they saw at the combine he couldn't lift, I don't yeah. know, was it 125 pounds? Yeah. And he was a thin frame, and they wondered if he could navigate the NBA circuit mm -hmm. and all those things. But I just remember Nate telling me, he said, Kevin Durant had the best workout I've ever seen in my life. Said it was just ridiculous. And the pressures for Portland to draft him was just so high that they could not pass up Greg Oden. Greg Oden knew this. He knew. Mm -hmm. And so think about all the things that happened to him. It didn't work out in Portland. He struggled. Knee just bothered him. And that's the only reason he struggled, because he had a bad knee. And so now he's also hearing, oh, you should have drafted Kevin Durant. Yeah. So that can take you to a place, man. Like you start looking at family and family doubting. It, it, it's, yeah. it's just a really dark place that you can go to. And I'm just, I feel so good that he is able to talk about it and to be able to help other players because it's 400 plus players in the association of the NBA. And I could probably surmise a good percentage of them are suffering depression. Money does not make you happy. It makes you comfortable. Yeah. But money can put you into depression because so many people are pulling on you and grabbing at you and you feel guilty that you're not helping them and you know that you can't and all that because you know you got to look to your future. There's just so many things you got to worry about and then you turn around, you got to go to practice and the coach is on top of you expecting things to be at a certain level. You go play games, you might lose. All those things started to happen. Then you maybe start to build a family and now you're worried about your kids. Mm -hmm. There's just so many things that can jump up on you that you gotta learn how to navigate it. And it's, not, it's life, it's not like athletes are different than normal people that's working nine to fives and they're out there struggling. But Greg Oden went through it. it it's, it's, it's interesting to see Greg Oden's path and his journey. Um, and then you have kind of the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, somebody that's not injured, uh, somebody that plays at a very, very high level in mm -hmm. John Morant, um, but could be going through similar things yeah. as Greg Oden in terms of stress, uh, anxiety, depression, things of that nature. And and now you're looking at um, how he's dealing with it. And some, some people keep it inside. Some people let it out. And they let it out in different forms. And I think yeah. that's, honestly, I, I, I feel like it, it's a great thing that Jaws taking some time for himself to, to, to kind of talk to people, try to get his mind right as, as, as much as possible and really get the tools because that's what happens. You know, you go to therapy, you go to counseling, they give you tools that you can use to better manage yourself when you get into those situations or you, or you start feeling uh, certain, certain things yeah. uh, that, that really pinpoint 
to why you're you're wanting to act out or mm-hmm. reserve. You just got to learn. It took me a while in my life. I come from nothing. And all of a sudden, you know, look, my first year in the NBA, I was making 65 plus, you know, and I was getting a little shoe deal at around 20. So here I am making $85,000, okay, uh, and had zero in college. Only had a few pair of pants, didn't take any kind of enticements at all from the University of Illinois because I, I learned from my brother that he did that and I thought he failed, so I never did. And so when I'm making 85 grand, I felt like I was rich, mm-hmm. but I wasn't. And you have people asking for things and you want to help and you want to do things. And all of a sudden you find yourself like, I think after my third or fourth check, I found myself like my bank account wasn't looking like it should. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 I, I can't do this. So you have to learn to start to say no. That's the hardest thing to do when you're saying no to people you love and you know you got more than them. Mm-hmm. And I think mm. with Ja, he's just got to learn how to say no to his enablers. You know, he could have been the leader, but it doesn't matter what side you are on being enabled. Like, if, if you're the one that don't want to do something and they're pulling you into it, you're being enabled because you're just doing it because you want to hang with them. But if you're the leader, that means you're around guys that's enabling you because they're not actually telling you that you shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, yeah. So that's what he has to learn to do. That's his first step. Because based on what I viewed with him, just seeing his, you know, his social networking and, and all the people that hang around him, that's the issue. And the first person he's got to start with is his dad. He's got to look his dad in the eye and say, hey, dad, I want you to be my dad, not my friend. Mm-hmm. Not my friend. I'm not my son's friend. I'm his dad. I don't hang out with him. I don't go to no clubs with him. I don't do any of that stuff with him. No. That's your thing. I'm your dad. I'm observing what you're doing. And I think that's what John Moran has to do first and then go forward. And I think he'll be better. Wow. Well, I mean, that's a great perspective. Uh, it's it's something that obviously a lot of us are not privy to because a lot of us ain't making that kind of money, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like you were, especially at the age of 22, 23. Yeah, 22 years um, old. You know, back in, back in the, you know, 80s that, you know, I people mean, might say 85,000. 85,000 was probably about three, 400. Yeah, you know, which yeah. is nice, which is a nice little check. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that's 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 a terrific perspective, and and like I said, you know, like one of the things that 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 we're not going to shy away from on this show is just talking about these kind of difficult topics, and um, and I think that Greg Oden uh, being an assistant coach that's that's the that's the thing, right? <clears throat> At the end of the day, um, it always comes back to ball. Mm-hmm. It's it's the one place where athletes feel like that they, they have the most control. Um, and, and it's really a therapeutic to some degree. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you, you know, we haven't seen jaw act out on the court. Right. You know, he hasn't been, you know, he hasn't been crazy. He hasn't been getting teed up like left and right. He hasn't been acting out or anything like that because that's, that's his, that's his happy place. Yeah. At least from my, my perspective, same thing with Greg Oden. And when you read that article, he says it always came back to basketball. And, right. and he's got a big smile on his face when he walks into Finkel uh, Fieldhouse uh, it, it, up in Indiana and he's, you know, writing down notes for, for a practice that's about to happen because it's his, it's his happy place. And I, yeah. and I, and I just, to he's this day. seven foot three walking around. Yeah. People going to always say, 
you play basketball? <laughs> like, I'm 63 years old. Lady, like, do you play basketball? Lady, I'm 63. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter, though, because they could tell. Did they you know. play or do you play? Well, that's a different okay. story. Okay, I know I still look young. I get it. You could probably still shoot, though. I can do a lot of stuff on the court. Can I just you, won't. What, what's like if we went out to the court right now? What, I can do everything. Can you still? Dunk? I have no. I can have. Still dunk? I have no aches and pain. Can I, never, I didn't dunk? dunk when I played. Uh, but you could. I could. I could. Yeah, if I wanted to. Right now, without a doubt, I could. Really? If I wanted to, yes. But I'm not. I, I want you to. Though. No, dude, I'm not. <laughs> Come on, man. Man, I, I am not. I can still run fast. I can. I can. I could still play. And but you, after I played, they're probably going to have to bring the paramedics in <laughs> to wheel me up out of there, man. And you know like, how many clicks we would get if we just showed a clip of you dunking right now at the age of 63? Dr. J still does it every birthday. I'm not doing it. And, and here's the only reason why. I used to be, and people don't believe this, but it's true. I used to be, I could never be an A racquetball player, but I was a high B-plus racquetball player. Okay. And that's how I stayed in shape. I used to go up and down when I lived in California. I'd go up and down California playing tournaments and stuff during the offseason. And I had a couple of guys that I played with that we played three and a half hours, best of seven. And it'll take that long. Racket racquetball ball, tournaments? Oh, I'd be drenched. Yeah. This and guy. So, yeah. So, I, it just yeah, it that blows was, my mind oh, that, that he played was, a Oh, that ball. was my game, man. Okay. I, you talk to anybody that knew me, that was my game. And think about racquetball is similar to what? Basketball. Yeah, basketball, back and forth. All side basketball side. movements. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so when I retired, I gave up racquetball. Because the doctor told me, he said, Eddie, you played till you're 40 years old. You're blessed. But I'm going to tell you that Achilles is the first thing to go. Mm. And when he told me that, I stopped playing racquetball. And, and I just said, you know what? I stopped going to the YMCA playing basketball. I used to go to Scottsdale Y when I first retired. Mm-hmm. I'd go up there and guys be, you know, thinking I met Eddie Johnson when I played, being physical with me. And I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> no, I retired I twice, man. What, what about, uh, have you tried pickleball? That's my next thing. Oh, yeah, let's do I'm gonna it. Take lessons. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take lessons first. We, I'm not going to jump out there. I I'm going to take lessons. I just want you to know, Eddie, we had a pickleball outing. Uh, about what about six months ago yeah um and i am the undisputed champion of pickleball in this building now i definitely gonna do my list (laughs) so bookman no i am max guy what what did max get like he got second place i thought max got first no i was the champion i got the gold medal to prove it don't worry about it let's go it's not gonna last let's go it's not going to last. Listen, Trust listen. me. It's Golf not course, last. pickleball. It don't matter. I'm winning. I'm winning. I don't care. No, you won in the, or you lost in the game show yesterday. Yeah, whatever. That don't matter. I'm talking about. You're not going to beat me in golf. <laughs> My last three rounds, 78, 79, 80. You're not going to beat okay. me. Okay. All right. We'll see. Uh, that's it for today. We appreciate you all joining another episode of Outside Shots. Uh, do we have the music going right now? I can't hear it. I, I can't hear it. So, you know, sometimes I'm trying to figure it out, you know what I mean? But it's a beautiful day out there. Go enjoy yourself. It's supposed oh, to be 72 beautiful. degrees out in the beautiful. valley. Beautiful. Just enjoy it. Remember, you can join my guy on NBA Today Show today, uh, 2 o'clock to 5. All right. There we go. Sirius XM, NBA Radio. Next week, obviously, with the time change, we go from we go to one to four. All uh, right, 
You can follow him on, on Twitter at jumpshot eight. You can follow myself at, on Twitter as well at Saul underscore bookman and uh, follow PHNX Suns because that's where we're all at. We'll see you next time. Peace.